song as we're going to look at it tonight. If you've got your outline in front of you, you notice we're going to be looking at that. You don't have to have your songbook open necessarily uh, to, to look at. We are going to talk a little bit about the lyrics for just a few moments or part of the lyrics, uh, but I appreciate him leading us in song. Appreciate the prayers uh, so much today and, and all of our services and times to be together. It's, it's encouraging. It's good to be together, and we're thankful that you have chosen to be here this evening. I was talking with uh, Midge just a few moments ago. Maybe the best news of the day is now everybody knows that Midge didn't finally run away and leave Carl. So uh, I meant to say that this morning that I was worried about all of the men up here on the front. Of course, Tabitha came back to be with Harrison McKeith and, and, and Carl, you know, but, uh, but no, they came back. So he, he was, I think he was waiting for somebody to ask him. He was going to tell him, tell him that. But uh, we're thankful for all those who may have been away and all the chance we have to be together this evening. As we think about this song this evening for a few moments and make application to ourself, uh, throughout life and throughout maybe your, your church life, you might say, being at services, uh, we sing several songs that remind us that we serve in the Lord and His army. Uh, you can come up here before services if you want and start right then as we sing with our young people about being in the Lord's army. And we go forward, and I didn't even ask Don to lead any others, but he picked out several tonight. We think about others, maybe we didn't have time to get to, onward Christian soldiers. We think about soldiers of Christ arise. We sang the battle belongs to the Lord this evening. But, but all of those songs kind of remind us and cause us to think about being in the Lord's army. Now, if you're like me, and some of you may be, I, I, I knew from a young age, I think, that I don't think I was cut out for the army. I didn't know I'd even try. And I'm, I'm thankful for all those who have, who have put their time and effort into serving in the military, uh, because I, I don't know that I could have been able to hack it there, going into basic training and all, but it, it's something to be a part uh, of an army such as that. And we're thankful to be a part of the Lord's army, even if we are not part, of course, of the army of the country in which we live. But when we think about those songs and we think about the words that we sing, we think about the way that Scripture uses that idea, and we're going to talk about that in a moment, without really ever picking up a gun or a weapon per se or ammunition, we sing these songs like soldiers. I, I think about there's a royal banner. I want us to talk about some of the lyrics tonight, but, but even the song reminds me of marching. We think about that. The, the beat, the pattern of the notes in the song remind us sort of, of, of marching along to something. And we sing as soldiers. We sing about that, of course, because the Bible speaks of that idea. We know Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 10 through 20 where Paul talks to those in Ephesus about the, the whole armor of God. And we go all the way down through that. And you know, it doesn't even really, uh, maybe not apply, but make sense to us today because we don't wear armor like that necessarily, or at least the same armor. Our soldiers do have things that protect them. But when we read through that and we understand the time in which this was written, we understand that we kind of have to make application and think about that. But, but we understand all of those different things that we are to take on, that we are to put on, that are to help us, as he says there in verse number 11, that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The, the Bible speaks, speaks of Christians as soldiers in this sense. We think about 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 3. Paul tells Timothy, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So we understand that, that we are sort of to be as a soldier. Again, even if we've not had that type of experience in our life, maybe we don't know what it means to go through that in that sense, we can understand that concept. We can understand that the Bible speaks about it. 
which is why, why we are able to even sing about it. But tonight what we want to do in reference to this song, excuse me, I went too far there. We want to think for just a moment tonight about a few of the lyrics and then I'll whet your appetite, but one possible incorrect lyric. Sometimes we think we know the words of songs and sometimes as we're singing them, we mess them up. And we'll talk about that as we get to the end of our lesson tonight. First of all, this evening, this song reminds us that Christ has already won the victory. Even this morning, we sang victory in Jesus. Did you notice? Did you pay attention? Did you mean the words? Did you sing with that type of victorious voice, that type of victorious spirit? That song is an upbeat song. Many of us appreciate songs that are upbeat. That we, we like that. But did you feel the same way in your spirit or in your attitude that we have won the victory that is in Jesus? That should be of comfort to us. And tonight we sang this song. And at the end of the first verse it says, As ransomed ones we sing. Again, did you pay attention? Did you notice? Did you mean it when you sang those words? I mean, I've got to be honest, I'll be the first one to admit that, yes, as I've sat in a pew for, for many years now and sung songs, I'm the first one to admit that from time to time we lose focus and maybe we're not paying as much attention to the words, but we sang that, while as ransomed ones we sing. I think about Mark chapter 10 and verse number 45, Jesus says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Not only in Mark 10, 45, but again, Paul to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 6, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. When we sing this song and we consider the battle, we consider the royal banner, we sing. While as ransomed ones we sing, we can be reminded that Christ has already won the victory. You see, that's what's interesting in comparison of serving as a soldier of Christ and serving as a soldier for the United States or any other group you may be serving as a part of. I mean, the battle may be in doubt. The outcome may be in peril. You may not know what's going to happen. But when we sing as ransomed ones, when we sing as soldiers of Christ, I mean, we know it's done. It's over. But we don't always feel that way because, yes, there still is a battle that is going on. When we think about that as well, we sing the words, the foes shall disappear. The foes shall disappear. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number, or verses 50 through 58, Paul is speaking to those in Corinth about our final victory, that ultimate victory that we're talking about. We're really familiar with the end of the chapter, verse 55. Is he says, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Which, notice, allows us, he goes on to say in verse 58, Therefore, because we have been blessed with the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Notice Paul gives us that idea right there. He says you have the victory, therefore you can go out and you can be steadfast and immovable. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about the final outcome because Christ has given his life. He has won the victory and we can be partakers in that. 
Well, don't get me wrong, I understand the battle, the battle that wages in our life every day. The different battles that we go through with sin and temptation, the struggles we face, and you say, I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't understand, I don't, I don't know how to fight this, I'm struggling in this particular situation, whatever it may be. We can recall, we can remember of the ultimate victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can try our best to be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. It's because Christ has won the victory. The foes shall disappear. And don't you want to be there on that day? Don't you want to be there on that day as, as it is finished, as it is done, to receive the crown of righteousness, to stand there at the right hand of God with the many faithful, to take the comfort and peace knowing that, that all the work that you did put in, because I, I know, I, I mean, this does not make everything go away that you, that you struggle with in your life, but to know that that victory is there. Why we have the Bible. That's why we sing these words. That's why we can take this comfort. Because we know that the victory has been won by Christ. And we can sing those words. While as ransomed ones we sing together. Like an army marching on and marching on together. Strength in numbers. An army facing the wiles of the devil. Together. That's what it's about. And we've talked a lot about that here at this congregation already. Number two this evening, this song reminds us that we must go out and do our work to win others. Even though the victory is won, we must go out and do our work to win others. We sing the words there at the beginning of the second verse. Over land and sea, wherever men may dwell. Because you see, this is the greatest army that there can be. This is the greatest group to be a part of. And yes, in a sense, the Saudi Church of Christ, but in the general sense, the church, the purchased church, as we talked about this morning, that the elders are to shepherd over. It is the greatest grouping of people, the greatest body to be a part of. And we should be doing our best to bring others into that in a sense. Just last Sunday morning, as we talked about our missions budget from last year and, and kind of talk about the things that we're still supporting, we're doing our best to go over land and sea, or at least to send others as they will go and do that. But what about us? Do we take it seriously that we're sharing the gospel over land and sea, through the woods, down the road, wherever that we go? Because that is the commission that we've been given. We think, of course, about the words of Jesus in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, as he gives that particular passage that we refer to as the Great Commission. At the end of Matthew's account of the life of Jesus and the death of Jesus, he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Again, you think about an army, you think about the military, they come in, they've got to have the authority, they've got to have the power. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He has the authority, and he has given that to us. We must go over land and sea. We must go wherever man may dwell. Saudi Daisy, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and into as far as we can. And, of course, we have an opportunity as a part of this congregation to do that as we support various things around the world. But are we doing our part to go out and win others? We talked about this in our, our Bible class here in the auditorium on Wednesday night for, for just a moment, and we've talked about it other times. But, but, yeah, the Bible Belt, I believe, is a real thing. 
You want to see a mission field? Travel to New York City. Go out to California. You'll find lots of folks that don't think exactly the same way that you do about many things. Have you visited the grocery store lately? Have you visited any number of places in and around you? Because we must go and do our part. There is work to be done. Do we want to go around the room and really ask about how many of us have family members that we need to talk to, that we need to encourage? And yes, in that category as well. I had someone even this weekend that I saw an old friend said, well, told him where my brother was living. They said, well, where is he going to church? I said, he's not right now. And I have to say, he's not being faithful. Am I taking my part to, to reach out to him? Are we, we taking every opportunity to do our part to carry the gospel to those who are not Christians, to those who are not faithful? I don't think we can say there's no opportunity. We know that there is. I think about Acts chapter 8, verses 34 through 35. Acts 8, 34 through 35 there, we think about Philip and the Ethiopian nobleman, or the Ethiopian eunuch as we oftentimes call him. There in verses 34 and 35, it's made very simple. I mean, we can make it difficult. And yeah, I, I got it. The, the, the complication of emotion, the complication of awkwardness gets in the way. But it's made very simple there in verse 35 as Philip opens his mouth and preaches unto him Jesus. You don't have to know it all. You don't have to have it mapped out in your Bible. You don't have to be the perfect person to talk to someone else. This song reminds us that we must go out over land and sea wherever man may dwell to make the glorious tidings known. There's plenty of people and there's plenty of work to be done in Hamilton County, in Tennessee, in United, the United States and around the world. As Philip did here in Acts chapter 8, we simply just sometimes need to open our mouth and preach Jesus to folks. We do that with our life, yes. We do that with our words as well. We need to take advantage of the opportunities that we have to reach out to those who are lost. Tonight, I'd like for us to finish thinking about one possible incorrect lyric that comes from the chorus. And, and as we think about it, the point is, maybe you've sung this and maybe you haven't. I mean, again, we probably all have lots of stories. I know the song leaders do, of people that mess up lyrics from time to time. Hannah and I have always kind of had a little, you know, joke between us because sometimes you don't have the book in front of you and, and you know, you mess up the words and you, you say something that doesn't make any sense, you know, as you get through it, as you're kind of maybe fumbling for the words. But as we come to the chorus and we think about marching on and marching on, it may have been possible before that you have sung for Christ counts everything but loss. Now, as you feel in your outline there, and you think about the song that you just sung a moment ago, if you don't have your book open in front of you, there is a difference there because there's an S on the end of counts. For Christ counts everything but loss. That's one of those things that I think sometimes we might mess up out of you know, natural habit. We kind of maybe slur our words together or mumble through the song. We just sing, for Christ counts everything but loss. But if you notice in your songbook or you recall the song, that's not what it says. It says, for Christ counts everything but loss so let's think about that for a moment yes christ did count all things as loss if we sing it the incorrect way for christ counts everything but loss he did count all things as loss for our sake we think about john chapter 1 and verse number 14 and the word became flesh and dwelt among us have you ever been somewhere or a part of something that you didn't want to give up i mean can you imagine being god i mean in sense Jesus is God, 
and giving up that and coming to this earth. We think about Philippians chapter 2 and verses 5 through 8 where Paul tells those in Philippi that that's what it is. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. I mean, if we're honest, we put ourselves in that position with somebody else, wouldn't we say, okay, you, you first, or maybe you go, I'll stay here. That's the way we would treat the situation. That's not the way that Christ treated the situation. So yes, he did count all things as lost for our sake. So we sing the lyric incorrectly as the way it's written in the songbook. Uh, you know, it does kind of apply still because Christ was willing to do that. He did come and dwell among us. He was willing to give up that place to come to this earth in the likeness of men and humble himself and become obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Not just death, by the way, not natural causes, not, not something else, but the death of the cross. But that's not the way the song is written. When we consider the way the song is really written, for Christ count everything but loss, what we're saying is, is that we would do that. When we give ourselves to the Lord, we count everything else as secondary. If you've got your Bible open still there to Philippians, Philippians chapter 3 and verses 7 and 8. Paul continues on, again, a little bit later, but Philippians 3, 7 and 8. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Again, we talked this morning about what's important. That, that if I loan you something that's not important to me, it's not a big of a deal. But if I loan you even my own offspring, then it's something that should be cherished and taken care of. What, what is Paul considering here? He, he's saying that anything that I can obtain, anything that is given to me, anything that I have here upon this earth is, is rubbish. It's nothing. Any, any, any accolades, any names, anything that I can get is rubbish if I may gain Christ. So it's not, but Christ counts everything but loss. But for us to sing this song the correct way, it's for Christ, in the name of Christ, in honor of Christ, for Christ, we should count everything else as loss, as secondary. Do we put that kind of focus, that kind of prize on Christ, on our Christianity? Or is it something that we pull out of the closet, you know, on Sunday, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday, to wear for a few hours and then hang back up? Is it something in the sense of maybe even a Bible that we pull out when, when company's coming over to put on the table or, you know, got to clean the dust off of it? Or is it something that we are putting first and foremost in our life? When we think about counting everything but loss for the sake of Christ, we would do well to look at the Apostle Paul and, and Philippians 3 there is just one particular place where he talks about that idea. And we know... Paul's stock, if you even look back up there before what we read a moment ago in Philippians 3, the list that he gives. I mean, we're not talking about somebody who was a nobody. We're talking about somebody who had the list. He could give all the accolades. He could say, I'm the man. Look at what I've done. But 
when we get to verses in seven, eight, seven and eight, I count them as rubbish. These things I have counted loss for Christ. When we think about this song and this idea, it is humbling to think that Jesus counted all things but loss for us. But if that is true, can I not count all things for loss for his sake? What's standing in the way? What is it that's stopping you from counting all as loss? What is it that keeps you from making Christ, in that sense, or our Christianity, serving God first and foremost, the first place, the best, not the back half, not the end, but the best that we have and counting that as lost for the sake of Christ. When we think about being a part of the Lord's army, when we think about marching on, when we think about serving him and crowning him as king, I mean, we could go through the many examples that it is to be a citizen, to be a member of the army, what you give up in the sense of your identity to serve. We can and should do that. And we can look at the example of Christ to recognize what he did and to think about all that he gave up and maybe the little bit that we have to give up from time to time. It may mean getting up on Sunday morning. It may mean getting up on Saturday and doing something. It may mean coming on Wednesday night when we don't really feel like it. It may mean studying on our own at night or in the morning when we wake up so that we're prepared. Our mind is right, focused on the day and the week that lies ahead of us. There's any number of things we could mention. But tonight, that's the question for each one of us to consider. We're about to sing this song of invitation that asks another question. Will you come? Will you come? Will you make your life right? Will you consider these things that we've talked about tonight? Counting everything but loss for the sake of Christ. It's a question that only you can answer. Maybe you're here tonight and, and you've never become a Christian. You've never been baptized for the remission of your sins so that the Lord could add you to his church. You have that opportunity. Maybe you're here tonight and you want to know more. We would gladly study with you even in the next few moments that you can understand how great a commitment that is. We may look at the army, we may think it's difficult, we may think it's hard, but it's worth it. It's worth every moment of our time, every moment of our life to serve the king, to march on and on with our brothers and sisters toward that final victory that really it's done. It's not in question. It's been won. Would you like to be a part of that tonight? Maybe you're here and you've been a part of that, but, but you, you've wandered away. You've kind of tried to turn your back on that service. You kind of turned your back on what it means to be a soldier. And you recognize that and you want to make things right. Maybe you're here and you're struggling with many other things in your life and you want the rest of the army, the Lord's army, to pray for you and with you. We'll be singing to encourage you. Will you come as we stand and as we sing? Oh.